All right, friends and loyal listeners, I cannot even tell you how amazed and super excited I am about this month and our giveaways leading up to our 200th episodes. You guys have been absolutely amazing and I want you to keep it up. So here's the deal. I just want to give you a recap of what's been going on. So first week we had a gift coupon that went out from One Less Car Shop. So they gave out a free gift coupon to go shopping in her store and she's in a UK based. Now week two we gave away an amazing cycling cap from No Gods No Masters to a lucky individual woman who put in a review for the podcast and that's how you guys can win. All you have to do is these three things. Follow the Instagram page for the podcast, share the Instagram page for the podcast, and go to Apple Podcasts and write a review. I will be picking the winners from the reviews. So please put your Instagram handle so I can go back and check that you followed and shared the podcast. So, and this week... Barry Roubaix, Matt Acker has been so generous in giving a free registration to a lucky female. Why females? Well, it's to draw more women into cycling events like this. What do you think? Anyways, I'm super jazzed about this because I think I'm actually going to make the event and cross over the border. I'm crossing my fingers that's going to be able possible and go experience this epic event that is one of the largest gravel events in the world they say so let's recap how do you get um how do you get to win you have to follow the podcast on instagram so secrets from the saddle podcast you have to share the podcast and you go to apple listen to the episodes and write a review i mean you don't have to listen but it's always beneficial we have so many amazing titles and guests in there plus my own coaching segments um and you know what's even more cool about this is that I've been engaging in some of the guests who have shops or actual physical products or like events, uh, race registrations to give out as gifts for the giveaway. And so that's what's super cool. It's just the collaboration that's been happening. And also I want to um, remind you that you can still win. If you write a review now and you don't win this week, you can win next week, the following week or the following week. And plus our grand prize is, um, I have two grand prizes. One goes out to all the winners. There's a, somebody gets picked there. And then the second one goes out to one lucky individual who put out a review. So you could still win in the grand prize. And so I'm looking for more and more reviews to get out on our podcast because you know what that does? It helps drive our podcast to the top. And, you know, I just want the pot, I want the, the cycling podcast to get out to more people. It's just, um, a really good way and, um, to share all things cycling, right? So that's what I wanted to share with you. Um, we're doing this all the way up to our hundredth episode on March 11th. And that's when the grand prize draws our gift giveaways is going to happen. Please remember, follow, share, and review, and have yourself an amazing day because you are an amazing individual and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, 
bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Deu. And we have a truly amazing story today. We are, I'm sitting with Terry Jackaska. Close, Jackshaw. Jackshaw. I wasn't close. <laughs> I've, heard I've heard worse. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. So this is a story about true grit and determination. And I absolutely love that uh, we were trying to figure out how we got connected. And I think I just saw a story on her on Facebook and reached out because of her, um, because she went plant-based and this is, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, health and nutrition, but here's the story behind Terry, and she's going to be elaborating a little bit more on this. Um, she lost her mom to cancer, and then shortly after was diagnosed with her own cancer um, as a single mom. Moving forward, she did. She was able to obviously um, beat it, but the thing is that she did some serious research into nutrition and became a plant-based nutrition, uh, plant-based athlete. Now we also have the background of being bought uh, figure and body competitors. So, um, that is e even greater, uh, reason to bring her out here. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about like how she came back from cancer. She had a, an also a very serious bike crash, which left her almost paralyzed and fracturing her hand. Um, and I just, I'm so glad that we're connected here and she's going to tell you, and she's going to share with you what she's been up to. So welcome Terry to the podcast. Thank you, Sylvie. Nice to be here. All right. Awesome. Now I always love to get started with asking, uh, my guests, how did you get into cycling before we get into all the good stuff? Sure. Um, my first exposure to bicycling was in high school, and it was more of a way for me to gain my independence before I could drive a car. Um, so I saved up my allowance, my babysitting money, and bought uh, my first road bicycle, and I just loved it. And I would spend hours, you know, on a Saturday afternoon and just pack up my radio and, you know, some snacks and head out and ride 50, sometimes 100 miles on a Saturday, just in when I'm 15, 16 years old, and I just loved it. Okay. Um, and then once I once I got my car and went off to college, kind of put the bike in the garage and never saw it again and didn't pick it up again until oh, almost 35 years later after my kids were born, I, I uh, needed a bicycle to pedal around with them and, and take them around the block. So that's quite a, quite a big gap in between there. I think that's probably a very typical story of a lot of us. <laughs> we just like 
enjoyed biking it, you know, through college, uh, through high school. And then once we got our license or moved away, the bike became obsolete, came mm-hmm. back, picked it up when we were older kids. So <laughs> I think you're right on track, but let's get into, um, how you, um, how you came, like came about finding out that you had cancer and into your research about nutrition and plant-based, um, moving into a plant-based, uh, lifestyle. Sure. Um, get, get right into that. Sure. I, um, so, so first of all, I, you know, I grew up eating kind of the standard American diet, mm-hmm. the standard Western diet. Um, and, you know, meat and potatoes, that type of thing. And then mm-hmm. when I was in my bodybuilding, you know, I started bodybuilding in college and did that for about 25 years. I even kind of went a bit overboard thinking, you know, you really need your protein if you're going to build muscle. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I followed more of an Atkins type of diet. So really heavy protein and then a little bit of fat and almost no carbs. So I did that for a number of years and, and it worked for, for bodybuilding. I was able to get strong and, you know, compete and have some success there. But um, I, in 2014 is when I started doing triathlons and, um, but I just wasn't feeling quite well. And like you said, I, in 2016, I had a, a cancer diagnosis and, you know, I was terrified. I'd actually lost both my dad and my mom to cancer. And so I just assumed I was going to, you know, go through treatment and die, you know, just like, like they had. So, you know, I went through radiation and chemo and, um, lost most of my hair and, and, you know, was very weak and hospitalized and, and the whole bit. And, you know, thankfully I, I pulled out and I, I was able to, you know, come back, but I was terrified that the cancer would return. And so I, I was really emphasizing at all my doctor appointments with my oncologist, you know, what can I do in my life? What am I doing wrong? What can I change to give myself a better chance? Because, you know, I don't want to just survive. I, you know, I want to, I don't want to just make it for two or three or four years. I want to live a long time and be healthy. And, and they just insisted, there's nothing you can do. You know, nothing you did cause this cancer and there's nothing you could do. It's just bad luck. And I even went to the extent of going, I went to it, um, an oncology nutritionist because I thought, well, maybe the doctor doesn't know it. Let me go to an oncology nutritionist. They're going to know better. And the sa- I got the same advice. They basically just said, keep your weight up eat anything you want, have milkshakes, do, you know, you can do ice cream, you can do eggs and cheese and anything you want, just, you know, keep your strength up. And I thought, okay, that just doesn't sound right. And so, um, oh my gosh. so seriously, what saved me was, you know, YouTube, honestly, because yeah. while I, while I was home on, on disability for a few weeks, recovering from the cancer treatment, you know, I started, you know, just Googling what, what can I find, you know, who, who else has been in this situation? And I found um, a few people who had treated their cancer naturally or, mm-hmm. you know, added, you know, nutrition to their cancer treatment. And then they were still alive 10, 15 years later. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do whatever they're doing. I don't care what it is. And so, I mean, overnight, I, I found um, the, the main um, source of my information was a, a fellow named Chris Wark, Chris Beat Cancer. And he had been diagnosed in his early 20s with colon cancer. He'd had oh, surgery. Gosh. He had surgery, but then he they wanted him to do chemo. And he really didn't want to do that because right. you know, he was young. He wanted to have kids. He didn't know how that would affect him. So, so mm-hmm. he had done research. So, so I ended up, um, I was engaged at the time. 
And I um, decided to move the wedding up and my husband and I um, turned a cancer healing retreat with Chris Ward down in, in um, Costa Rica into our honeymoon. So we, uh, we went down there in the spring of 2017 and learned even more. So there was um, a number of um, doctors and, and um, natural healing um, practitioners that were down speaking. And then I can't remember how many, maybe 50 you know, cancer people, cancer patients and things. And so we were all learning together, like how can we survive this and how can we thrive? Uh And it was wonderful. I mean, it was, it was on a mango farm and we were staying in tents in the, in the jungle. I mean, it was just fabulous, but so anyway, so, so through that experience, I learned how important, you know, nutrition was. And so in the big changes for me, the big takeaways were meat and dairy were not my friend, you know, so, Mm -hmm. so overdosing on that for all those years did nothing to help me and probably accelerated my cancer. And so you know, at, at age 49, I was, you know, had, I had my cancer not gotten under control, but that would have been the end of my life, which after, after being so focused on health, my whole life, no smoking, no drinking. I worked out every day to die from cancer. That just seemed, it didn't make sense. (laughs) So, so in the only, really my only vice was my diet and my diet was what I thought was healthy at the time because I had been listening to the wrong people. So, so yeah, so I ended up um, giving up the meat and the dairy um, and really just focusing on juicing, which I had never done before. So I do, ju- I've done juicing every day for the past five years since, since then, and just eating a lot of raw food, big salads, um, it really just overdosing on nutrition. And, mm-hmm. and, and the funny thing was, is again, I had, at that point I had been in triathlon, just kind of dabbling for a couple of years. And I thought, well, you know, if I give up this, you know, meat and dairy and everything, there goes my athletic career. You know, what I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, a professional or anything, but I, you know, I, I took it seriously, like through the Uh bodybuilding and, you know, it was, it was important to me. And I thought, well, you know, if I, if I give up that, I'm, there goes all my strength and all my endurance and everything, but I didn't care at that point. It's like, would I rather be an athlete or would I rather be alive? And so I wanted to be alive. So I thought, I don't care. And while I was down in Costa Rica, um, I had expressed my concerns about that. And somebody said, well, have you ever heard of a guy named Rich Roll? And I said, no, I don't know who Rich that Roll. is. And they said, well, you need to look him up. Um, I believe it was Theo Hansen who was hosting the event down in Costa Rica. And he had, he had recommended um, contacting Rich Roll. And so I came back home, did some research. He had a podcast that I started listening to. And he, oh my gosh, his, his story was amazing. So he is an ultra endurance athlete. And he's completely plant-based. And Whoa. I mean, he, um, one of his claims to fame was um, even before the Iron Cowboy days, um, he had done five Ironman distance triathlons um, in within a week on five different Hawaiian islands. So like back-to-back days, he would do full Ironman um, just, just with himself. And so, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> right 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 just the distances but um but yeah and I and he only ate plants it's like wow that's incredible and then I started to feel you know I I started to experience it myself and I couldn't believe it it's like I'm not only you know am I surviving cancer but I have more energy I am recovering faster Mm -hmm. um it's, it did not hurt my strength. I mean, it was just like, why did I not know this years ago? I, you know, so I was, you know, I know a lot of people say 
people who have survived cancer say it was a good thing for me. It was a wake up call to focus on, you know, important things in life or whatever. But for me, it really, I mean, it, it nothing else would have gotten me to change my diet that drastically, you know, if, if I was not facing, you know, life or death. And so I'm, I'm thankful that it's, you know, it got me to do the research and, you know, not only gave me my health back, but, you know, just so much knowledge. And, you know, so at this point, I'm just excited to, to spread the word about how wonderful this is. I am really excited about that because I, I love hearing people taking their lives in their own hands, you know, not like literally, but in that sense, especially when you're getting that kind of information and feedback from doctors, doctors were not and I'm, you know, like you can call this controversial discussion here, but we all know that doctors were not um, educated in nutrition. And it surprises me that you actually went to a nutritionist and that's what you got too, but not really. It was the time. You mm-hmm. know, like, if you think about back then, I mean, I like we grew up on meat and potatoes too. We grew up on a farm and we drank whole mi- milk from the bulk tank. And I'm actually grateful for that. Because I think whole milk in its whole state is way better, the more I read now, than what they do to milk after it's left the farm. So, you know, um, and I stopped drinking milk when I left my house, um, because it's not the same. But I love that you made that call. And so many people don't, there's so many people that I talk to and they're in that state and they're like, the doctor said, the doctor said, I said, but do you really feel that that's right? Like, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause we all know good nutrition is the way to so many things. Like you said, like, you know, beating cancer, I hate to say it. And I'm going to say it out loud, beating cancer mm-hmm. because, and, and, you know, heart disease and obesity and diabetes, mm-hmm. um, all these things are really like and let's talk about you know boosting the immune system at the same time exactly because um illness like drugs wreck your stomach and that's the that's the center of the whole temple i'd say you know like chemo Mm -hmm. great way to 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 kill everything that's good in your body um a lot of collateral um, damage yeah exactly yeah so i mean when you decided and you know just sort of sitting back and thinking about the bodybuilding because I think about some of the some of the diet plans that I was put on that I'm like are you serious like you want me to eat that like for a a month and (laughs) I'm just like thankfully it was just a diet and it lasted a small amount of time because Hmm. Anybody who continues on, like you said, you did it for 25 years. And I'm sure it wasn't like 100% for 25 years, but on off mm-hmm. those diets, it's not good. Right, right. And, um, I mean, I would eat, when I was bodybuilding, I was eating, you know, six eggs a day and, yeah. you know, a, a pound of a pound of lean, you know, grass-fed ground beef, but it was still, yeah. you know, it was still beef and the chicken and the tuna. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. your body doesn't need it. And it's, it's actually detrimental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just like, Hmm, cause I was, I was just thinking about what I used to eat, but I mean, that was a while ago and it was cyclical kind of thing. Like I did it in cycles. 
Um, and actually I used it for my training for cycling. That's what I did when I did my bodybuilding mm-hmm. or my figure competitions. I'm going to say it wasn't bodybuilding. I didn't look like a bodybuilder, but um, I mean, I used it to train and get lean and strong for my cycling season. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did many years. Train through the winter, compete, ride my bike in the summer, train for that. <laughs> so yeah. that. But how did it feel like, you know, just taking your, um, like your life in your own hands, you know, after hearing all that and just knowing that there is something better for you. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of people thought I was crazy at the time, right? Because Mm -hmm. I mean, anyone that says that they're plant-based or vegan or anything, you know, you just immediately get branded as some kind of a lunatic. But, um, (laughs) you know, for me, it's like, I don't really care what people think about me because I, I I can feel the difference. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, the the proof is in the pudding if you, you know, if you will. So yeah, I mean, it, it felt good to not have to rely on other people. And, you know, I, so I kind of started to I guess have less faith in the in the medical establishment, and you know I would I would go in for my checkups and my scans and and everything like that. But it's you know, yeah, they they just know what they're trained in, right? And they don't and they don't yeah. train nutrition in medical school, so it's not like they're mean people or they're trying to you know give you bad information. They just don't know it, and you know so. And, and what encourages me is when I'll go into, you know, a doctor for a checkup and they'll not only see how well I'm doing, how fast I'm recovering from different things, you know, whether it be the cancer or the, or the um, broken bones and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually curious, like, what are you doing? And, you know, and I've had nurses, you know, ask me to, you know, continue sending them information and they're, you know, so it's just, it's great that they, there are people out there, you know, in the medical community with open minds. And so, you know, the more, the more I can, you know, put a spark in their mind and, and have them, you know, go follow the research, you know, the more that they can help their patients too. It would be great if that was across the board because mm-hmm. there's so many doctors, but um, yeah, but then it would impact the pharmaceutical business and that wouldn't be good. Right. right. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's paying? Yeah, who's sponsoring the medical schools? It's yeah, the yeah. medical equipment companies, yeah. and pharmaceuticals, and yeah. So. I think it made a good kickback for pres- prescriptions. Right. We're getting really controversial here, but it's true. Do you right. know, doctors get like forty percent back or something ridiculous like that uh, right. for every prescription. So that's a big chunk of their salary. And eating salad is not so. Right. Let's talk about the immune system. Cause like when we were talking before Terry, mm-hmm. like, you know, both of us are on the same page, eating healthy, healthy means building a strong immune system, building a strong immune system means your body is equipped to fight off any type of virus, cancer, illness, heart disease, high cholesterol, you name it. So let's mm-hmm. talk about Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your immune system now, because also being super healthy, as you know, accelerates recovery right. of, you know, injury, like right. neck and things like that. Yeah. I mean, as far as immunity goes, I mean, before I, I came to eat plant-based, I would, I would get, you know, usually I, did, I didn't get seriously ill. I mean, because I, I was 
exercising and doing some things healthy. Um, but I used to get two or three colds a year that would knock me out and I couldn't train for a few days mm-hmm. and, you know, and just felt yucky and, you know, but I mean, honestly, in the, in the past five years, I've not even had one cold. I've not missed a day of work from being, you know, from being ill of, you know, any kind of an illness. Um, the only, the only time I've missed is, uh, being involved in the crash, um, <laughs> and surgery so that followed that. But yeah, so I, I mean, no matter what I, what is, what germs are going on around me, you know, I, mm-hmm. um, I live with um, my daughter right now and, and, um, she just in the past few months, she's had a pneumonia and, um, influenza A and even being in close contact, it's, I've not yeah. been able to escape, you know, um, those, those infections. So yeah, I'm, I'm completely confident that the plant-based is, you know, kind of turned things around for me and, and, you know, almost made me bulletproof as far as, um, you know, getting infections, you know, I have to be careful and it's not just nutrition. You have to sleep and, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and have low stress and, you know, other things as well, but nutrition's a big, big part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, um, so there are actually two injuries that I, that my, my plant-based helped me recover faster from um, in 2018 is when I first got a bug to do an Ironman race. So I'd done some shorter <laughs> races in the past and I thought, you know what, you know, I, I had met someone who had done an Ironman, just a, a regular person at one of my races. And I thought, oh my God, this is not just elite people who do this, like normal everyday people can train and do this race. You know, why can't I do it? So I thought, you know what, let's do this. And so um, my husband at the time and I had decided, let's let's try doing a marathon first because we, you know, neither one of us had ever run that far before. So it's like, let's try a marathon. We'll <laughs> try a, a marathon. <laughs> we better figure out if we can do the marathon because, you know, after swimming and biking all day and then have to run a marathon, it's like, okay, we better at least be able to run a marathon by itself. So um, so 2018, we decided, let's go, let's sign up for a marathon. And literally a week later, I went to the gym to do a treadmill workout over lunchtime. And I tripped on a step going to the locker room <gasps> oh, and, that's so... and it's, it, it, there, it's called a Liz Frank injury. And basically I dislocated the, um, the bones in my foot and, you know, and at first Around I was your mad. ankle. No, no, no. Like all the, t- the, the metatarsals. So the, um, like the toe bones, like in the, so it's, so I kind of landed like on my big toe and then it just kind of jammed everything backwards. But yeah, it's, it sounds awful. And it felt, I mean, I mean, I screamed from the pain. I couldn't believe how much pain there was. And I had, at that point in my life, I had never broken a bone, never twisted an ankle, nothing like that. So I had no idea. So is it like stubbing your toe, but a hundred times worse? Right. Like all your force is like, it's like all your weight oh. is like coming down on it all at once. And, um, yeah. and of course I'd never heard of such a thing before. And, you know, and I, so I sat down on a chair a little bit and I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I've only got an hour for lunch. I gotta hurry up and get up on the <laughs> treadmill. And, and they're like, yeah, I don't think you want to stand on that right now. So went to the emergency room and apparently this injury is one that is often misdiagnosed because there's no broken bones. It's just oh. all, everything is just, everything's dislocated. And so thankfully the guy who happened to be in the emergency room that day said he had just read about this injury like that week. And so so he just, he knew about, he's like, you know what? I think this is a Liz Frank. It's like, what in the world is that? And so, um, and I had, um, went home, Googled it, um, and, you know, try to find like, okay, what's the best surgeon that knows this? Because I got to get, get that fixed and get back on my (laughs) marathon training, you know? 
And uh, <laughs> so luckily that weekend I found a surgeon and he, within a day, he scheduled me for surgery. Um, I got two, two plates and 10 screws put in my left foot. And, um, and okay, then- I'm going to show you guys a picture of this. Like I'm going to try and put these up at the end. Cause oh. she is, <laughs> Terry has sent me some pretty impressive pictures of but I think you can see this pretty clearly. Look oh. at this is it, oh. right? Yep, yep. That was my list. Wow. Okay, and her, her remember she didn't break any bones. Yep, that's just isn't that's, that ridiculous. Look at that. <gasps> I thought that was a broken, but this is just dislocation, literally. Right. Yep. And they said it was it's one of the worst foot injuries that you can like the most complicated, the, the hardest to recover oh. from foot injuries. If I'd broken a bone, I could have, you know, put a cast on it and been better in a couple of, you know, right. months. but, um, yeah, so I, so I got the surgery and I, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. There it was no weight bearing at all for three months. So again, mm-hmm. I had, I had signed up for the marathon. I had basically six months from the time I broke, broke my, um, or dislocated my foot until the marathon. So the first three months out of my six month training cycle, I was on crutches, so I couldn't even put weight on it. And so that left me with three months left to train. And so I started my physical therapy at the three month part at the three month point, And they basically laughed in my face. I mean, I, I literally, I was in tears because my physical therapist laughed at me when I told him I was running a marathon that year and was told that most people don't even walk correctly after they have that injury. Yeah. You know, most people, but <laughs> that's right. Like, <laughs> oh, so I, it's, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of pushed the envelope a little bit. I found there's a, there's actually a treadmill called an, uh, an anti-gravity treadmill where they put oh. you in a stirrup and they kind of like boost you up a little bit. And then you can, you can run without putting all the weight on your foot. And so that's, oh, um, it's like the motion. Yes, exactly. So you can start the cardio, you can get the cardio going before you can put all the weight on your foot. And so I did some of that and, and then just, you know, headed outside and started, you know, putting full weight on it and it hurt like hell, but <laughs> like, I, I don't have time to waste. I've got, you know, a marathon in a couple months. And so I ended up, yeah. And like I said, I'm not a runner to begin with. And, um, and that was the first time ever attempting a marathon. I'd never even run like a half marathon or anything. So, um, but six months after I, after that foot injury, I went out and did Twin Cities Marathon. And I mean, not only did I do the marathon, I didn't even like walk through one water stop. I ran the whole 26.2 miles straight. And so after that, I was just so thrilled. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I could, you know, do that, especially with the injury. I didn't think I could do it just regardless. Period. You know, just <laughs> So I think, okay, I, I, if I can do that, I can do Ironman. So that was kind of the beginning of my Ironman journey. And so then I had one, one year from that point, it's like, okay, I just have. Oh, one, okay. One. So it was good. Well placed out. You were just. Right. Yep. So I done. Testing I did the, the running waters. Right. Right. <laughs> I, did the, I did the running in 2018. And then I thought, let's do a, we'll do a, a marathon or a, a full Ironman in 2019. So. Okay. So, you know, bought a bike trainer for indoors. Mm-hmm. First time I had a bike trainer. So I, I, I trained indoors that winter, bought a treadmill, ran indoors that winter. And then the next spring, I just really hit it hard. And, you know, a lot of, lot of miles on the road and the bike. And, um, you know, just kind of made up a plan. I wasn't really following. I didn't have a coach. and didn't really follow a plan. But, um, you know, just kind of intuitively trained like I normally did. And you know, got all the way up to August for the September race. So the um, Ironman is in September. And I was on my last long training ride 
um, of the year. So it was going to be a, you know, 80 to hundred mile bike ride. Mm -hmm. And I went out, headed out on my own. I got about 40 miles into it. And um, earlier, my husband had, we would train on the road sometimes and, you know, cars are kind of risky and, and he'd gotten bumped by a pickup truck and um, almost mm-hmm. sent in the ditch. But, you know, I just, I always worried. It's like, I don't really like riding on roads. I don't trust the, the cars and, you know, with them texting. Yeah. So I thought to be safe, I would go, I rode a lot of my long hundred mile rides in a park by my house. So it was, a, oh. there's a 15 mile loop around this park and I would just go ride it, you know, six or seven times. And that, there's my workout for a Saturday. And so I had gone to the park like I did every Saturday. I was on, I believe, my second loop. And Hey friends, we're going to take a quick break. And I'm going to tell you about a workshop for indoor cyclers, Peloton riders, Swift riders, outdoor cyclists that is so revolutionary, you'll wonder why you've never heard about it. So we all know that improving your cycling skills, whether inside or outside, is important. But how do we know what we need to train and how to get started? Let me just add that this workshop, like I mentioned, is perfect for indoor cycling and anybody who rides on the Peloton. So the good news is that there is a lot of ways to improve your cycling skills. You could take a class or hire a coach, follow a friend, or continue struggling year after year. But these options can be expensive and time consuming. The solution? I have created an online cycling skills workshop for female cyclists. It's a safe environment where I go over the four essential skills that I have identified as a cycling coach working and coaching over 900 women in the past 14 years, building confidence as cyclists. So here they are. The four areas are pedal stroke efficiency, hill climbing, straight training, and speed with an added bonus on nutrition. This workshop will cover these essential skills in four one-hour sessions where I will explain, demonstrate, and have you practice the skill. At the end of each workshop, homework in the way of drills will be handed out for you to practice. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all the essential cycling skills that you can apply immediately, either online or outside on the road. The recordings are also available. As an additional bonus, you will have access to weekly live strength training workouts and yoga. In just four weeks, Guaranteed, this workshop can turn any cyclist into a better rider, no matter what their skill level bike they're sitting on. So how do you register? You go to cyclingskillspro.com and register for one of our monthly workshops. I look forward to sharing my cycling skills and tips to help make you a more skilled, confident cyclist on the road, on your Peloton, on Swift, or indoor trainer. See you there and see you online. Someone was coming down a, a steep hill and then taking that corner. And um, like you're sudden, both were going this way, like no, he no, just kind of, or he was coming the opposite direction. He, he was coming the opposite direction. So he's, oh. and, it, and it's a blind corner. So it's, there's trees in the corner. So I don't see him coming down the hill. Yeah. He doesn't see me on the path around the corner. And so he yeah. came down the hill too fast. 
and he overcompensated in that corner and like swooped into my lane and I didn't see him until he was just a few feet in front of me it's like all of a sudden like all of a sudden he came around the corner and he was in my handlebars and it's like I I I didn't even have time to scream much less get out of the way I mean I remember the, the, the the thought that flashed in my mind is what the hell is this guy doing in my bam you know it's like the impact was incredible I mean I at the time I weighed 115 115 pounds and I believe he was 250 260 something like that so he was over twice my size a big guy (laughs) a big guy and he had the speed behind him and so he basically took me off my bike me and my bike went backwards I landed flat on my back my head snapped back broke my neck Um, (laughs) he, he broke my ribs um he broke he broke several several bones in my hand and then also dislocated my hand as well okay Um, we got pictures of that too everybody you want to hear that want to see those okay just a second like and then and then also a concussion so yeah I mean thankfully I mean my helmet's my helmet cracked but thankfully it saved my head because I would have been dead had I not been wearing the helmet seriously and and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here everyone wears a helmet on their bike but they um, better be (laughs) we can't be friends if you don't right right yeah so here's a picture of her hand yeah I think there was there was probably nine pins that they had to put in there all those pins and they were actually coming out of my skin so they they put the pins oh look at that like I had two of them that were out of my hand and so they were like poking out like like Frankenstein for um, at least six weeks, I believe I had to have that what? situation. Really? Gone. So it was. What it if was you caught a, something on that? Yeah, we. I mean, I would have gauze wrapped around it, and that it was. Just oh, awful. okay, okay. Well, I guess so. But like um, this, this. Wait just a second. I got another picture. I got another I, picture. She sent me lots. When I was on the trainer, yeah, it's like I kind of had my a hard splint, and that would protect mm. it somewhat. Um, right. so I had the, the neck brace, so they, they immediately put plates and screws in my neck and then, uh, yep. And then, and then I was in the neck brace for three months and then I kind of had that, yeah, nice little hand wrapped up there. <laughs> you look fabulous. Yeah. Look yeah. Fabulous. That was, I think that was maybe three days, three days after the surgeries when I went out. So my husband and I had been training for Ironman. So he went out and did it. Um, and I cheered him on. Um, so I went to, with my cast and, but yeah, it was, I was crying the whole entire weekend because I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be racing. And it's like, I, you know, I came back from cancer. I came back from the foot injury. It's like, I felt <laughs> like I deserved to be there. And it's like, and it's, and again, here I am riding on a bike path to be safe from cars and another bicyclist, you know, almost paralyzed me. So it's like, how yeah. in the world, this is just so unfortunate. That kind of, that kind of scenario happened to me, but I didn't end up in that situation, but it was, I was coming up this bike path to lights and there was a bush and this guy, so I was just in on my civvy bike, like going to school and this guy must've been running the red light to get across the traffic because he came straight off of that intersection and just ran right into me and threw me off. But I had my helmet and he didn't. I have no idea how he wow. survived, like what happened to him. Um, and I just like, it was like, I got up, shook myself off, like, oh my God, what just happened? And he was just like laying there. I'm like, uh, and he got up and biked off. I was like, that was the, 
like it, it just like you said it just happened so fast I didn't even see it coming mm-hmm. like I must have been coming around the bush and he just like smacked right into me and he oh. went flying and my bike was heavy I don't know anyways I was just like holy crap <laughs> and thankfully I was okay I had my helmet on he didn't um and uh like he wasn't typical cyclist like he was you know like older bike kind of community you know, mm-hmm. yeah like at a, a different guy but you know what I mean <laughs> so I just like you know not the typical person who would be biking with a helmet on mm-hmm. you know like um a true cyclist maybe he had stolen the bike he was just trying to get away it could be that's, that's why it's going so fast yeah yeah that's the type of <laughs> Ride it like stole it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he certainly was. And but like, yeah, it, that was one of the craziest crashes. And it didn't happen. Like I was going so slow because I was coming up, and he just plowed right into me. And he I, he got the worst of it, thankfully. But <laughs> just like shit. But uh, oh my gosh! So you come in, and you came back. You came back from the hand and the neck. Like, right. I mean, that's, it, and again, the doctors couldn't believe, you know, how, how quickly my bones were healing. I mean, I went, I was in the hospital for a week after the crash. And I remember distinctly, they, you know, they had put the screws in and, and um, I was actually on a ventilator for a um, couple of days because they had also like, my, my throat had been smashed in the crash. And they didn't think I'd be able to breathe on my own. So like after my surgery, I, I woke up and I still had a ventilator in my, mm-hmm. and I do not wish that on my worst enemy. I mean, yeah, that is not something you want to, to have, you know, breathing on a machine while you're awake. So they actually knocked me out again because it was like so distressing for me. So they kind of put me in a medically, you know, induced coma that, to, um, <laughs> you know, so I could heal. So, you know, right, right. right. So they would be able to take me off the ventilator. And so, yeah, that was a terrifying experience, but, you know, they had me in the room and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I think on the second, second or third day I was there, it's like, okay, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to get up and walk in there and get off, get off my bed, start walking. And, oh my God, alarms start going off and nurses are running in my room and they're like, what are you doing up? It's like, I'm just going across the room. And they're like, you know, we've, we've never had someone, you know, with that severe of an injury. Like I'd show you a picture own. of her in the bed, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but they, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't believe that I, with a, you know, severe neck injury that I was able to even stand up and, you know, move or whatever. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I was able to get out of the hospital much sooner than they expected. And then, you know, would go in for follow-up <sighs> appointments and they couldn't believe how, how quickly my bone was, was healing, you know, in my neck. And, so it's, you know, they, they, they credit both the fitness level for being an athlete and then also, you know, the nutrition. So, you know, it's amen so to that. <laughs> like, uh, I and love then, uh, hearing that because pe- people, you have no idea the strength of what it does to your body for so many, like, like Terry's mm-hmm. story, like recovering quicker, like healing faster. The, the strength of good nutrition and a good, strong body. Like, oh my God, Terry, I don't want to cry for you. Like <laughs> cry in a good way, you know? Um, but yeah, so for me, it was really tough because now it's like, you're, you're basically starting over again. So here I am mm-hmm. I'm out of the hospital and, and, you know, I did, I, you know, I started the first thing I could do, you know, was bike. So I got on my trainer with my, my neck brace on and, yeah. um, 
and started doing that. And then I believe next I could start running. And so I'm, I'm running, I'm literally running through the neighborhood with the neck brace on and my hand in a cast. Uh, that's how I would start doing my you running. You see this cast? <laughs> People? That's one of my, uh, my physical therapy things to try to get my fingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. It's yeah. So that, that I would have to do that for three hours a day exercises with that, that contraption. Um, wow. And to try to get, because my fingers were basically seized up in one position right. um, from healing. And, but um, so, yeah, so, so going in, so at the end of 2019 was the crash. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to train, train, train. <laughs> and um you know, get ready to do this Ironman next year. Well, we all know what happened in the winter of 2019. So mm-hmm. just as I was, babe, I, I finally got back in the water. I got cleared, you know, my neck brace came off. I could finally start swimming again, swam for about a month. And then they shut the pools down for COVID. <laughs> and it's like, you gotta hey. be kidding me, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, it's just going to be a couple of week thing. There's some flu going around <laughs> and whatever. And yeah, that lasted much longer. So, so I, I kept training because they didn't call off the races, you know, so I kept training the whole summer of 2020 thinking Ironman's going to happen. And, um, and that was when I kind of started. And then, then slowly, like little races early in the summer were canceled. So the weekends that I would normally do races, I just would go do long bike rides. And then the next thing I know, right. I, I suddenly had a streak going where I, I was riding a hundred miles every Saturday. And so, and, um, so I just kind of kept going with that. And, and I ended up writing 20 centuries in 2020. Oh so my in, God. And these were all, like, all by myself. You know, I was out, um, just, I would just take off and go ride for, you know, six, seven, eight hours, whatever it was. And, uh, but yeah, I had hoped to do Ironman that, that year and then they canceled it. So I was kind of heartbroken. And so then to, since I already had the time off from work, I went out to Madison on Ironman weekend just by myself. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, I'm going to do something epic today. And there, there were some people who just went and did the race on their own. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, you know what, that's a lot to do. I, you know, I would rather just bike. And so um, there's, <laughs> there's a loop in, in the Wisconsin Ironman course, there's a 40 mile loop. And um, you do that twice during the 112 mile race. And so, and I had gone out and trained on it a couple of times um, prior to that. And so obviously two, two, two loops is 80 miles, three loops, 120 miles. And I had done three mm-hmm. loops before. And I saw someone had made a post that they had done 160, 160 miles. They did the loop four times in a day. And I thought, okay, <laughs> that, that, that sounds sufficiently epic. So I'm going to go try doing that. <laughs> so that's, that's what I did. I, it, I think it was about a 12 hour ride. And I, I think I only got off the bike for maybe... 10 minutes total during the 12 hours. I mean, I rode the whole time. I, you know, mm-hmm. and I self-supported. So I just, you know, brought my own water, brought my own food and, and rode 160 miles by myself. So, um, so then again, it's like, okay, now here we go again. So starting from scratch again for a whole nother year of training. And then in 2021, thankfully they had the race. I made it out oh, there. And, and, and honestly, I was just, you know, I, I was just happy to be able to get to the starting line because. Oh, oh got pictures so, here too. Hold on. Yeah. She sent me lots of great pictures. <laughs> so after, after everything I'd been through, it's like, if I can just get to the starting line, I'd be happy, but yep. Oh my I, gosh. Seriously. Right. There's my bike. I, I got the DI2 on the bike. So yeah. Thank oh, you. Love with, it. with my injuries, even, even with my bike, when I crashed the bike, it didn't hurt my, my original bike was a Katana Roo. And the bike wasn't injured at all. There's, I mean, nothing. I think my 
one of my shifting lovers, you know, was bent a little bit, but it's like, there's nothing happened to the bike. I was a total wreck, but I, I could no longer ride the bike because my hand doesn't work to shift manual shifters anymore. And my wrist doesn't bend. So, right. um, so I had to buy a oh. new bike. Oh, darn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs a reason to buy a new bike. So I bought, yeah, yeah. I bought a new bike. And, uh, so yeah, I just love, I love that bike. So I, I just rode it so much. So in, in 2021, not only did I do Ironman, I also increased my streak. So I did 21 centuries. So 2,100 mile rides this year. So I think what was my mileage for this year? I mean, for all three things for swimming, biking, and running were the most I'd ever done in my life. And I wasn't trying to do that, but I ended up, let's see, my, I biked 3,900 miles this year, which is, let's see, 6,300 kilometers in one summer. So yeah, that's That's three uh, times what I did last year. Wow. Yeah. It's, I don't know how, you know, my, my butt, you know, got a little angry at times and my feet, you get used to being, you get used to being out there. And so I just, I, I fell in love with it. So, um, so yep. So I, I finished that and, and, you know, and, and I, I was lucky that I was featured at Ironman Wisconsin race and, and they um, did a story about me um, that they, they played at the welcome dinner. And then they actually, there were no pros at the race this year. So normally mm-hmm. they have um, a little motorcade, follow the pros around and, and videotape them and stuff. They didn't have pros this year. And so um, I am the pro. Thank they, you. They, they, so they followed <laughs> me and a few, there were a few other athletes that they highlighted. So that was kind of fun, you know, be riding on my bike and having a motorcycle pull up next to me with a camera. It's like, wow, this is exciting. So, so anyway, yeah. so, um, so I got to um, be featured there. And so my story started to get out about, you know, my comeback and, and everything. And, and at that point, they were really more focused on the injury and doing the Ironman. Yeah. But really, you know, the kind of the backstory is the whole nutrition, you know, and, and, you know, how that helped to fuel my comeback, not just from the cancer, but the crashes. And so, um, so I decided to kind of take a big step um, at the end of 2021. And I'm, um, starting my own um, nutrition coaching business and uh, motivation. Tell us all about it because this is like um, this is what we're going to talk like yeah so we're going to tell us about your new business yay Yay. yeah up up until this point I've spent 32 years being a computer geek as a computer programmer for 32 years (laughs) and 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 as fun as that is and rewarding it's like you know what I, I find myself when I get into conversations with people about you know, fitness or, or nutrition or whatever. I mean, that's, that really lights my fire and I just get so excited Mm -hmm. about that. So it's like, this is really what I need to be doing. And I, you know, so I, you know, it's like, how can I do that? How can I, you know, help other people, you know, recover from things and, you know, have their own Mm -hmm. comeback and, and, you know, maybe prevent some of the diseases, you know, that most, you know, people die from, right. It's like, there, there's so much, you know, not only is a, a nutritious diet good for recovering, but it's also great for just avoiding, you know, the, like you said before, right, the heart disease, the diabetes, the cancers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, there's so, so much good that comes out of it. So, so, um, yep, I'm looking forward. So 2022 is kind of my year. I'm launching my company is called Plant Based Comeback. And I love um, it. And uh, so, yep, I will be I'm doing one on one coaching for that and um just so excited to get the message out and help other people be healthy and you know and like I say it, it's you know I know there's interest out there um and 
I mean, honestly, if, if there's just one person that I can, you know, help move in that direction. I mean, and, and again, mm-hmm. it's not that everyone has to go, you know, hog wild like I did and go, you know, plant-based overnight, but it's like just learning, you know, just moving in that direction has, you know, profound benefits and, you know, can, you know, help in so many ways. So it's like, if I can help people do that, I mean, that would be so fulfilling and, you know, add meaning to my life. So that's what I know. I hear you. And I'm so excited for you. I love your logo. (laughs) I got another picture for you guys. Okay. So if you guys haven't figured out, you can see all this stuff on YouTube, but look at that. Isn't that cool? Little apple for a bicep. I love it. I realized over that. That was one of the uh, bigger, and I'm not an artist, so I cannot take credit for drawing that. So I, um, I um, had some That's wonderful really designers, creative. wonderful designers come up with ideas and, and, uh, had, had my friends vote on, you know, which one they, they like the best. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's really exciting to something I've never done before. I mean, I, when I went to college originally, I have a, a business degree, but like I said, I, I did computer programming, you know, ever since mm-hmm. then. And so it's like, I'm trying to, you know, think, okay, put on my business hat for now. And, you know, how can, how can I, you know, get this, this company launched and out to as many people as possible and help as many people as possible. So um, it's, yeah, just kind of a new adventure for me. Now we're going to be taking your business degree and applying it to now your business, right? Right. And getting yourself set up with all the new fancy systems (laughs) that are online. Exactly. (laughs) I've been working that through for a couple of years now. It's just like, oh my gosh, there's so many things out there that can make your, your business, um, uh, systemize your business. Right. Well, and and, and when I got my business degree, we didn't even have computers to do it. I know. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I, yeah, I graduated in 1990 from college. So yeah, it's a whole, whole different world here, but just so, it, and it's just so weird. I, I look at my life and it's just the progression it's made. It's, it just all kind of makes sense. It's like, everything feels like it was leading me to this place. And, you know, this, yeah. is, this is where I belong and this is what I need to be doing. So, so what do you, besides launching your business, what else do you have on the schedule for the summer? Like mm-hmm. um, in Wisconsin, <clears throat> What's it like presently with regards to the pandemic? I have to ask because um, right I, now in Quebec, it's like lockdown. Yeah, it's right now in the States. I'm, I'm actually in Minnesota, which is right next to Wisconsin. But yeah, it's, okay, Minnesota. Yeah, it's right now we're we're fully open. I mean, our pools are open. Mm-hmm. Our gyms are open. Our restaurants are open. Um, they did just reinstitute a mask mandate in the city of Minneapolis, St. Paul. So up until yesterday, that wasn't in place. So, so um, yeah, they, um, they're starting to get a little bit more cautious, but right now they haven't closed down anything yet. So, um, so thankfully I can still keep swimming. I mean, luckily I can do my, my biking and my running in my living room. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, by the time spring comes around, everything will be back to normal again. I, so I'm, I'm fully expecting races to be held um, this coming year. I did go ahead and sign up for Wisconsin again. It's, you know, I looked at other, doing other races, but um, for one, it's the 20th anniversary of Ironman in Wisconsin, and it's going to be held on September 11th, which is kind of a special day in America. Yeah. So, um, so I just thought that was too, too special not to do. So I'm, I'm going to um, try to come back for a second year in a row. And I, I thought it would actually be fun 
to do the race without the, the, the spotlight on me. So it's like, yeah, I was a little bit self-conscious, you know, it's like, okay, if I do something stupid and tip over my bike at a, you know, at a, at a water stop, I'm going to have that on camera. So now with the pressure off, I can just go out and do it and enjoy the race. And, um, you know, hopefully go back and see some friends that I met this year. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yes, I'm, I am actually quite an introvert. So it's, it, for me to get out there and like make friends is, you know, out of, out of the ordinary or, you know, out of my comfort zone, but I, it's, it's just, I love, I love sport and I love nutrition. So I, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I get excited about it and I, I can overcome my introversion in those areas. <laughs> I think we're all kind of like that. Cause I feel very introverted too, but I pushed myself a lot to get out of that phase. Like if I was here at home, I could easily stay by myself for days and days and not Mm -hmm. talk to anybody, right? Like Mm -hmm. just do my own thing, putter around and got my little hobbies, uh, my little routine. And, you know, you probably never knew I existed. (laughs) It was like, I was actually pushing myself to get out there and you're going to have to find that now that you're online, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to do all that, get into (laughs) Facebook stories and (laughs) build your business. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, you can always reach out. I can help you. So now I have one last question. Now, since you're moving into your uh, plant-based comeback business, um, if I was to ask you, so I am for some help moving into more of a plant-based. So say I am a carnivore, (laughs) but I'd like to, you know, I'd like to have best of both mm-hmm. like to be able to you know really enjoy a plant-based um lifestyle you know what and I mm-hmm. guess I've always like wondered what that was mm-hmm. can you just share a little bit more about how like what a plant-based um diet looks like I guess you could say I hate using the word diet mm-hmm. um your lifestyle um, because it's always been a big question for me. Sure. You know, I mean, like, so it sounds like you're plant curious. I've heard that term. <laughs> I like that plant curious. I love vegetables and everything. So it, it's a huge part of my diet, mm-hmm. uh, my lifestyle, sorry, my lifestyle. But if I were to go completely off the meat, which it will never mm-hmm. happen, but I do like to, um, you know, uh, incorporate it in. Sure, because I sure. think it's important to have both. Sure. And yeah, and, and, you know, it, and definitely, you know, moving towards plant-based is better than, you know, not yeah. right. So not, it's like, yeah. and, and if you're going to keep some meat in your diet, you know, better to mm-hmm. avoid kind of the factory farm stuff. If you, you know, if, yeah. I mean, wild, wild game is, you know, healthier than anything farmed. And, we do know, some of that actually. Yep. Yep. So, or, yeah. or, or, you know, again, the, um, wild caught salmon, you know, I mean, I, even though I'm plant-based, I mean, the occasionally, you know, I might have a little bit of salmon, so I'm not, I'm not militant about it, I guess I, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, good. Oh, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's not totally cut and dry. I'll have some honey, you know, sometimes I know some people don't, I know the Ooh. vegans don't like to eat honey because the, the bees produce the honey and you're stealing the, the honey from the bees and they're, so, but it's, there's, there are health aspects to honey. So it's like, well, again, my, so yeah. 
it's health is what brought me to this way of eating. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of my focus. Um, right. But no, like you said, it's generally, um, you know, what I would recommend is, you know, moving towards, you know, you're, you're basically going to focus on, you know, your whole grains um, okay. and your, your vegetables um, mm-hmm. and um, your fruits and your nuts, okay. nuts and okay. seeds and mushrooms right. are fabulous. And, you know, mm-hmm. and all those things are, you know, yeah. Anti-cancer, you know, just wonderful. Right. wonderful okay. Things. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. So, you know, but if, yeah, if you, I mean, you think about the standard, the Western diet, people are eating meat and dairy three to six times a day. Right. I mean, yeah. cause you're almost every meal, you've got your sausage and your, or your bacon and your eggs mm-hmm. for breakfast and your hamburger for lunch and your steak or your pizza, you know, pepperoni pizza for dinner. I mean, that's like just normal for most people. And then you're, you know, drinking some milk, eating some cheese, whatever, you know? So if you think to go from three to six times a day to, if you, you know, if you're able to cut down to just a few meals a week, I mean, that's tremendous. Mm-hmm. That's like a 90% improvement right there. Right. You know, and, you know, and, and even, you know, and, and some people might just start small and do a meatless Monday, right. It's, oh, you know, if, I like if, that idea, you know, and then if it's like, okay. And, and, and part of, part of what I will be helping people do is come up with, meal ideas mm-hmm. or, you know, like what, you know, I don't know what to do for breakfast, plant-based. You know, I'm so used to eating right. bacon and eggs. What do I do? And, yeah, you know, coming yeah, yeah. up with, you know, easy ideas, is, you know, take along food and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, there's just so many different um, recipes out there and, you know, there's resources online and cookbooks mm-hmm. and everything like that. And um, so, yeah, it's, and, and me, I mean, um, one thing that I've had trouble doing is finding time to, you know, explore a lot of the recipes. So I kind of get set on, you know, one or two you know, <laughs> things and I just keep making it over and over again. And so that's, that's, that's a bodybuilder in you. Yeah. Knows it plain as day. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. just grunt it out and, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. easy but, peasy, the same every day. <laughs> right. But to make it more, you know, appealing to other people, you know, mm-hmm. and what I like to do too is, you know, if I'm going to uh, a picnic or a family event or something like that, you know, bring it, you know, bring something delicious that's plant-based and, you know, other people might think, you know, Hey, you know, this isn't so weird, you know, it tastes good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I might, mm-hmm. maybe I would want to make that at some point. And, you know, so, so um, yeah, just learning, learning delicious things, salads or dips or, you know, there's so many things you, you can pretty much eat plant-based and, and there is a distinction too. I mean, you can be plant-based and you can be just as unhealthy as a, you know, someone that's eating a standard maker diet. Yeah. Because there, there's so much processed vegan food out there right now. Right. So the, you know, some of the fake meats and things like that. And I guess mm-hmm. the way I look at it is, you know, if people use that maybe as a bridge to eat better, like, okay, I used to eat chicken nuggets every day, but now I'm going to eat these artificial chicken nuggets that are made of plants. <laughs> that's, that's a step in the right direction, you know, yeah, it's like, I guess. getting, getting away and it, and it helps the animals and it, you know, so there's other benefits to that. It's, you know, mm-hmm. maybe better for the environment, whatever. So, you know, there's other advantages of going plant-based besides just the nutrition side of it. So yeah. it's like, I'm, you know, that's, that might be a strategy for helping, you know, people make that move. Um, yeah, but yeah, then, yeah. but then, you know, finding ways like, okay, well, maybe then, you know, you can eventually even stop with, you know, the processed foods and try to go what I what I try to do more myself and what I recommend is more of a whole food plant-based diet. 
So it's just right. minimal, minimally, minimally processed, right? So trying to give mm-hmm. up, you know, I mean, because I'm Twinkies are plant based, but I don't recommend building your diet around, you know, eating Twinkies all day. So there's a you, lot of things like that, like chips, uh, right. you know, French fries. Yeah, it's like you can yeah. you can have a very unhealthy diet being plant based, but if you if you try to avoid things that are fried, things. Um, things that, you know, have sugar and, and the white flour and that type of thing. So um, there's just you know, going, going for your whole grains, your beans, you know, that um, if, if anyone's interested in doing some research on their own, I highly recommend the blue zones, which was, it's a, um, Dan Butner um, is a researcher from Minnesota, actually, and he uh, participated and conducted a study with um, National Geographic. And they went around the world looking for communities where people had the um, longest oh, lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they and then they drew conclusions about okay, what do all these different areas of the world have in common? Why are these people living so much longer than the average people? And um, so, in one of the common things, you know, I won't spoil all of all of what he found, but one of his one of the common threads that he saw in all the communities that lived long, they eat they eat beans almost every day. So, and it, mm-hmm. and, and depending on where they are in, in Japan, it was soybeans, right. And in, mm-hmm. um, in, in, um, Costa Rica, you know, it would be a different type of bean, you know, maybe black beans or, you know, so there's different, but, but some kind of bean, right. Because mm-hmm. there you're, you're getting your protein, you're getting your fiber. Um, it's, and, you know, between those two things, I mean, that's really the fiber, you know, a lot of times I'll get people asking me, well, where do you get your protein? You're eating plants. Where do you get your protein? And it's like, no, no one, very, very few people in the world and in the, in the U S are protein deficient. You know, you really only need about, uh, you know, 50, you know, 50 grams of protein top a hundred tops, you know, if you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, ridiculous, you know, athletic training, um, Whereas, you know, some of these other diets are saying, you know, you need three or 400 grams of protein a day. That's ridiculous. But, you know, so people aren't protein deficient, but they are fiber deficient. I mean, we, mm-hmm. you know, that's and, true. Yeah. And the fiber is, you know, what helps to keep your cholesterol down to, you know, keep your colon clean, you know, it's prevent mm-hmm. cancer. So, um, yeah. and that's, oh, yeah, that's, for sure. that's why beans, beans are your friend because they, Again, that you get the protein, you get the energy, you know, you get some good complex carbs and you get the fiber. I mean, they're like yeah. mag- magic food. So yeah. everyone, they go a bean. long way. <laughs> yeah. And they're cheap too. And that's the other thing too, because people think, okay, if I'm going to eat plants, I have to buy all this organic produce and it's going to be so expensive. Uh-huh. But it's like, you know what? Some of the most nutritious food on the planet, you can just beans and rice. You're, you know, throw some spices in there. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. And that's, it doesn't get much cheaper than that. So it doesn't it have doesn't. to be expensive. Because I have some beans upstairs I got to eat, actually. I got, a, I got a pressure cooker. And yeah. if you have like de- uh, dehydrated, like any of the beans that are not in the cans mm-hmm. come in like, and that is the, the fastest way you could cook them. Mm-hmm. It's getting a, uh, like a, a pressure cooker. And I was like, I love, yeah. I love my Instapot. Yep. Yes. My, my, yeah. That's what I got. 
And so that was the first thing that I cooked. I'm like, I've got all these beans and, and, you know, you have to soak them for so long and then like it takes forever for them to cook. And I'm like, Hey, we can do this in 30 minutes. (laughs) Let's do it. So, and they go, like I said, they go a long way. So, all right. So blue zone, I just wanted to write down because you talked about a couple of things in here that I wanted to add to the show notes because some people are probably wondering like me, um, and maybe want to go back and kind of read on some of the things that you were mentioning. Um, now you, so the blue zone and who did, who'd you say, um, Dan did that research? Dan, Dan? Correct. I'm going to get this from you after anyways. Yep. Um, so that's amazing. Um, Terry, that you've got this going on. And of course, we will be sharing her website with you um, in the show notes. So make sure you go there and check it out. If you have, if you're curious um, about moving into plant-based or adding it to what you're currently doing, or like she was, you know, Terry was mentioning, making the small changes like, you know, every week or every month to your eating, uh, current eating habits um, can significantly you know, increase, um, you know, not only your like your health, but your life expectancy and your immune system. So I love that that is where you're going because so many people need it. And also it doesn't sound like you're making it complicated. No, which is another thing that can deter a lot of people, like even myself, it's like, I don't always want a bit complicated. I just want it to be simply So I can understand it and make small changes um, as I go along for myself, for my family, things like that, that I can incorporate to what I'm already currently doing. Mm-hmm. Now, last question. Do you believe in supplementation, even on the plant-based side, like um, greens, uh, plant-based proteins, something like that? Um, I actually do. And, but I, I, I don't believe in just going out and getting a generic multivitamin. I don't think right. multivitamin. Perfect. Um, like but I, but I do, I'm big on testing and, you know, I just, I like getting my blood tested and seeing where I'm at with things. So, um, okay. I mean, almost everyone in North America is deficient in vitamin D and, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the United States, they, they don't automatically test for it. And even if you ask for it, they will often refuse to test for it. Um, and I think it's because insurance might not cover it for us or whatever the reason is. So I'll go out and I'll pay to get a vitamin D test done myself. Um, but that's, I mean, that's huge again for both, you know, preventing cancer and for, um, just immunity in general. So vitamin Mm -hmm. D is very important. So, um, so that's something I supplement even in the summertime. Um, and, you know, to try to have sufficient vitamin D levels. Um, I try to keep mm-hmm. mine up around 60. Um, but yeah, there's, um, that's one thing important. Um, vitamin, the B12, I'll supplement that as well, um, mm-hmm. which is actually, it's a bacteria that's found in the ground. And that's in, and, you know, when you're, when you stop eating meat, you don't 
get, get it, you know, as readily because we wash all our vegetables off so much. Like, you know, it didn't used to be a, an issue because in the olden days when you're farming, you would take a, you know, radish out of the ground and dust off the dirt and take a bite of it. And so you're eating some dirt, which is actually healthy for you. You know, yeah. some people are, people are, I so still do that. Of, people are so afraid of germs. It's like some germs are good for you, but anyways, eat so, dirt. Yes. Eat dirt. Um, but yeah, so I'll do like a D and a, and a B12. Um, and then, you know, some, um, omega-3s and you know generally you know people if they're supplementing omega-3s they think of fish oils but if, if you're trying to avoid fish and for me I avoid fish a lot of fish because of the mercury and the contamination mm -hmm. in the fish so um, fish actually get their omega-3 by eating algae so I I, uh, I recommend that you can actually get an algae-based um, omega-3 mm -hmm. supplement so that's kind of um, where I um, get my omega-3s from and those are those are kind of my big hitters you know that I I find people in plant-based diets you know tend to be lacking um and there's there's some good brands out there I mean there's um there's a, a brand called complement which I've been taking that combines those and so that just simplifies it for me so, so I don't have to think about it it's like it, right. it was started by a plant-based um athlete and so um so that's one one way to get them all. Otherwise, you know, again, the best thing to do is get tested and then whatever's low supplement it, you know, um, right. and, and there's, there's plant-based proteins as well. And, um, and again, just trying to avoid any that have artificial anything dyes or sweeteners mm -hmm. or, you know, any of that stuff. But, um, yeah, but you know, I, I'll do that. You know, I, I'm not pounding, you know, the, the, the plant-based protein or anything like that. It's not like I need my three shakes a day, you know, but it's like, okay, <laughs> if I, if I'm not, if I'm missing a meal or if I want to have a big smoothie, I'll just throw some in the blender with my berries and my milk and things like that. But, um, yeah. so yep, that's a good, good thing to have good. in the pantry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always, yeah, I was like, need some protein. Cause that's what I was saying. Like I have plant-based and I have like the way the way protein yeah so i like switch it out mm -hmm. like and i you know probably at least one shake a day because i'm lazy like that yeah. <laughs> and, it's a good way to pack a lot of goodness in there because yeah you oh can... totally i mean like if i don't have to think about like all the extra vitamins and minerals and everything's there i'm like why wouldn't i because otherwise i just think about what i have to do to to actually build the same kind of consistency right. you know, I'm like it's not in my house <laughs> so, but uh, that's amazing Terry I love it so where can everybody find you on social media and find your uh, website sure uh, my website is plantbasedcomeback.com all one word and right. I'm, I'm also on Facebook um, at Terry Jackshaw okay are you on Instagram yet? I I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm <laughs> Hire somebody to do it. Just I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I could probably I could probably enlist my my teenage girls to help me with it. Oh, that's perfect <laughs> job for them. Get one on TikTok and one on on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Go. This has been great. I feel so in tune with you because <laughs> it's so great to think to talk about nutrition and immunity and uh, comebacks and athleticism and things like that. And I love it. So everybody, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. 
make sure you go and um, not only subscribe to this podcast, so you don't miss another great episode, but if you can, we would love it if you went and give it, give this episode a five star and a review, not to mention um, following on Instagram and also looking up Terry on Facebook. So with that, everyone, I know he gave you lots of calls to actions, um, <laughs> but if you do one, that would be just go and give us a review. That would be amazing. Thank you so much, Terry. It's been like absolutely I would say amazing again but I really enjoyed thank you Sylvia it was my pleasure thank you so much for inviting me you're welcome have an amazing day everyone thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport I am so glad you stopped by today Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.